0: I want you to open your Bibles this morning to the 91st Psalm, Psalm 91. I'll be reading from the New King James Version. The title of this this morning is The Mystery of the Secret Place. What is the secret place? Is there really a secret place? If there is, where is it? How do we get to it? And you say, well, Pastor, it's a secret. We need to talk about it because there's some good promises. And um, I really believe that that's where we as individuals and as a church need to go. We need to find the secret place. We need to spend some time in the presence of God. We need to be empowered, renewed, refreshed, strengthened, encouraged, and uh, be about his business. In the 91st Psalm, verse 1, it says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Let's pray together. Father, we ask that you would give us a spirit of wisdom and understanding today, just enlighten our minds and our spirits today with your word, that we might uh, just catch a fresh revelation of what you're wanting to say to us and speak to us, Lord, and that we would just be drawn closer to you through the study of your word now, in Jesus' name, amen. Depending upon the Bible translation that you have, the word secret place is translated um, dozens of times in, in the Old and New Testament. Sometimes it, the words are translated shelter, sometimes covering, sometimes dwelling, rather than secret place. They're all correct. The um, Old Testament word that's used there, according to Brown's driver and Briggs' uh, lexicon, it can, it's used throughout the Bible as shelter in some places, some places as hiding place, some places as covering secrecy sometimes covert if uh, the King James a lot of times will use it, uh, the word covert so it's an interesting word and we need to discover what it is and what we need to do to incorporate this into our lives every day that it might uh, that we would be strengthened from it let's look at some of the places first of all let's do a little Bible study this morning is that okay I want you to see where how this this word is used as a shelter in the 61st Psalm in verse 4 Um, I think the uh, NIV says, let me dwell in your tent. He says there, and it's shelter or tent, meaning the same thing, secret place would would be the the same Old Testament word used there. Let me dwell in your tent forever. Let me take refuge under the shelter, there it is again, of your wings. And sometimes when the, uh, the Jewish man would wear the talith, the prayer cloth, and a lot of times on the, the sides and the fringe, a lot of times that was referred to as the wings. A lot of times, and um, they also would see the Lord, that the tabernacle of God, the, the the fringe, the wings of God, that, that uh, would protect them. In fact, um, there in the sixty, if you read, if you're reading from the King James version, that same Psalm 61:4, here's how it's translated in the King James. It says, "I will abide in the tabernacle." in thy tabernacle forever, I will trust in the covert of thy wings. So it doesn't make as much sense to us, but you see how it's used there as covert or secret or hidden in something that's a mystery, something that's back there, uh, the the shelter, the covert of of thy wings. It's used as a hiding place. The word hiding place is used for this uh, and secret place the same. In the 32nd Psalm, verse 7 from the New King James Version, it says, for you are my hiding place. You shall preserve me from trouble. You shall surround me with songs of deliverance. When this word is used, it always brings with the, the connotation that there's, there's protection, there's shelter, there's um, comfort, uh, that, you know, there's there's refuge there. And so, The psalmist uh, says and uses this word here, you are my hiding place, you are my secret place, you are my shelter, you are my tent, you are my hiding place, my refuge. You shall preserve me from trouble. You shall surround me with songs of deliverance. All of these things too is what it's good for us to memorize these and and bring them into our soul and into our spirit, so that when we're going through difficult times, that we, uh, you know, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, and that we can can quote these these scriptures or read the scriptures if you don't have it memorized. But and that you know, faith comes by hearing and hearing from the word that renews our faith in these things. It's used as a covering or cover, uh, really, with the the thought of the tilik, the prayer cloth. In the 27th Psalm, verse 5, um, it says, In the secret, or the covert in the King James, of his tabernacle shall he hide me. So um, it's, it's always thinking about getting, drawing close to him in his protection, surrounded by him in, in some particular form or fashion. Let's take just a little bit of a sidetrack here and think about the talith. The, it, sometimes it's referred to as the little tent it's also um the word when it's used is sometimes the same word for closet and uh, the greek word for closet is uh, tamion and it means the inner chamber or the secret room and so they use that for the telit the inner chamber the secret room Thinking of, you know, if in their picture in, in envisioning God with uh, the, the talith, you know, coming down that, that they would draw in. Can you imagine that? You know, that he would just open up his arms and, and with this big talith, this big, big prayer shawl, and that you'd just come in and he would just kind of wrap his arms around you, just like, you know, a little child would or something like that. And that was kind of a picture. And the closeting, they, uh, this is the, a Jewish statement that they would say the closeting of oneself in the covering of the talith when they would put that on, the prayer shawl, was a sim- was symbolic separation from the world around the Jewish man. So they believed that as they wore that, that they also were, were closeting themselves, separating themselves, coming into a secret place with God and sheltering them from the world that went on around about them know, they would wear the, the talith at all times, and the fringe, of course, on the talith would remind them of the law and how that they would, were to keep the law and, and rem- remembrance of God and, and that the way that they were to live. You know, today we are in Christ. He is the Word. Uh, the talith, the, the, the tzitzit on the, the four corners of the talith uh, represented the law, the Word. And so uh, John says in the beginning was the Word, the Word. And uh, speaking of Jesus, and so today, you know, we are sheltered in the arms of God in Christ. We are in Christ, a new creation. And in him, we live and move and have our being. So in a new covenant, in a sense, Christ shelters us and covers us as the Talith, in a sense. Uh, So we, we should be sheltered from and closeted away from the world that's around us we need to draw back we need to draw into Christ so to speak we need to come into that place that secret place that shelter and and come away from the influences the stresses the 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 all the things around us that would distract us and come into God I think we all talk about we want to see revival we want to see a move of God and uh, Christian and I were talking about this the other day, and I said, the thing is that the church talks about that, but the church doesn't want to pay the price for that. Yeah. Yeah. I've done a, a study, and when I was in, in college, I did a study of uh, all the revivals down through the ages. And, and you know, it's amazing that it, they all started with one or two people you know, that, that made a decision. We're going to get away and get in the presence of God and pray. And as that happened, then more gathered together and more gathered together. And, and, you know, when you come into the secret place of God, in that secret place, things begin to take place. And so, you know, Jesus said there in Matthew 6, 6, thinking about this closeting uh, away from the world and coming in and drawing close to God, he, he said in, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 6, but you, when, when you pray, go into your room. And that word means inner chamber. Secret room. Now, to the Jews, they would, you know, they'd always with the with the Talith, That that was what they thought of when you pray. Then you go into your your room, your ch- your chamber, your prayer, you know, wherever you are. You know, you would have that covering, you know, cover it up. But Jesus was talking about something new now under a new covenant that we're supposed to have a, an inner room, an inner chamber, a secret room. Hmm. Do you have one? I remember that that movie that came out just was it last year. War room. That was a good movie. Uh, that, that woman, she had her a uh, secret room. She had her an imber, inner chamber. The thing is, it's not so much a physical location as it is um, something in the spirit realm. And so, it's so hard to try to bring into words what's going on in that fourth dimension and where, where we come. You know, not necessarily a geographical location, but it's a place. It's a real place. It's a position. It's a position of our of our spirit and of our heart that we come to. And so he's saying, you come into a secret place, your inner chamber, when you go to pray. But when you pray, he said, go into your room, your inner chamber, your secret room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the, in the secret place, and your Father who sees in, in secret will reward you openly. Man, we need to come into our inner chamber, shut out the world, shut out the stresses, the problems, the challenges, the difficulties, uh, and all of those things, and shut the door on those things and get along with God. People wonder, well, how can you you make it through this thing? Man, I've been in the inner chamber with with the Lord. You know, we can do that. Now, the scripture there in, in Psalm 91 says, he who dwells, in the secret place. Well, you got to come out to eat every once in a while, right? <laughs> I mean, you got to have a life, right? So how do you do that? How do you dwell in this inner chamber, this place with God, and still have a life? Go to work. you got to go to work, right? Is that possible? Can you do that? Is there something that's separate? Is it a separate life? It's my secret life over here <laughs> that nobody knows about but me and God. But here, you know, I'm, this is me over here. Is that how it should be? Hmm, That's why it's a mystery. That's why that sometimes I don't think that we really, as they would say, lay hold of it. we don't really catch it. We don't really get a hold of this, a grasp of it and make it a reality in our life. And I want to tell you something. I think if we can catch this and make it a reality in our life, that we can dwell in the secret place of the Most high, it'll change our lives. It'll change this church, it'll change this city. It can change the world. It also uh, is used as secrecy, sometimes, uh, and that means just means something that's not commonly known. Well, I would agree with that. It's it's also something that's not properly understood. It's a mystery. So this secret place is kind of a mystery. It's kind of hard to talk about. It. You know, we've been there at times. You know, there's we uh, kids share their, their experiences at camp and various ones. We have these experiences with God, and we feel like, man, we're right there, and we are in that secret place. We're in the inner chamber. We're there, and we don't know how we got there. And we, we'd like to get back there, but we don't know how to get back there. And that's what we kind of go through our life, you know, like bumping into things, thinking hopefully we can find it. It's like the kids, you play those uh, the, the games, you know, the video games, and you run up to a wall, and you find the secret thing, the stone or whatever. To open that wall, and you go to another one, and you bounce around in that room until you find another one and go to another level. <laughs> Is that, that's kind of our Christian life, you know. We just go from level to level until we find that. We bump into it. Oh, look, I found it, <laughs> you know. I got it. And then, uh, you know, I remember our boys would go and they could go online or someplace and find the key to that level or get back to that level or something like that, you know, and find friends. Well, you know, we need to find out. How do we get to the next level? Because the Christian life really is, you know, just we live on levels and we arrive at, at that level and a stage in our life. So it's, it is lived on levels and arrived at in stages. But people, I think that this knowing how to dwell in the, the secret place of the most high can make a big difference you know in matthew chapter 9 verse 20 the niv says and behold a woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years came up behind him speaking of jesus and touched the hem of his garment now we know that story but while we're talking about this talith this covering which brought about a secret place an inner chamber you know it was it was Thought and understood that the fringe on the garment represented the the position and power of that particular person wearing it. Now we know that we are heirs and join, joint heirs with Jesus Christ, right? And if we could in, if we could actually see the spiritual garment that we have, and as we as we uh, live the Word, and the Word uh, is is in us, Jesus said, "If you abide in me, and my words abide in you." You shall ask what you will. That's the same word. Abide is that same word as remain or dwell. And so if we could see that and envision that, there's power there. And so she knows that she's exhausted all of her money, all of her finances, and for years she's gone to try to, to get, uh, get healed of this, this, this condition. But she hears about Jesus, and she says, I want to come to him. I want to touch the hem of his garment, that secret place, that inner chamber. But here's Jesus. He's not in some secret place. He's out in the open, and people are thronging all around him. They're pressing in. I mean, they're trying to get through the crowd. He's got to go over here, and, and uh, the, the, he's been summoned to go pray for this, this little girl that that's, has died. And so he's pressing through, and the crowd's pressing against him. And what does he do? Luke says something different. In his gospel, he says, Jesus turned and said, someone touched me. Of course, Peter's always the first one to speak up. Yeah. <laughs> he says, well, Lord... <laughs> everybody's touching you, everybody, they're throng, there's a throng here, they're just pressing in on you everywhere. He said, no, I felt, what, power, leave me. Wow. What about us pressing through all of the things that are pressing against us that we might touch that I'll call it secret place, that the power of God can infuse us and change us. What nothing else could do, that power can do. You know, other places, did you know there's other places that it wasn't, just this woman wasn't the only person that touched the hem of his garment? Did you know that? Many people think that's the only time that anybody ever touched the hem of his garment. Jot this down for a little trivia question. Matthew chapter 14. In verse 35 and 36, the New King James says, And when the men of that place recognized him, he got on a boat and went over. He had been, had a big day. And uh, when he got to that side, people recognized him. It says, And when the men of that place recognized him, they sent out into all the surrounding region, brought to him all who were sick, and begged him that they might only touch the hem of his garment and as many as touched it were made perfectly well. Did you ever see that in the scripture before? A lot of people don't talk about that. It wasn't just one woman. Now, maybe it was everybody heard what, she, what had happened to her. But it says, and they went out to all the surrounding area. And as many as touched just the hem of his garment were healed. It's symbolic to us, I believe, today. And it's a, it's a beckoning to us to come and touch him come to the chamber that that represented that that talith represented come to that inner sanctuary that uh secret place you know when this secret place it, it's filled with the glory of god it's kind of examined just as we see it in various places throughout the word it's a place that's filled with the glory of god when moses wanted to to see the glory of god what did God do. He explained to him that no man has seen God and lived. So he says to Moses, he said, I'll tell you what. He says, I'm going to hide you in the cliff or the little opening here of this rock or this mountain here. And I'm going to cover you with my hand. And when I pass by, then you can get a glimpse, just a little glimpse. That was in the secret place in that inner chamber. That was in that place close to God. There's glory in the inner place. You know, we are in... The cleft of the rock. Jesus is the rock, the foundation, and we are hid in Him. I am in Christ, and He's in me, and I'm hid and surrounded in Him. And God's hand is is protecting me in Christ. I'm secure in Him, and the glory of God passes by in that place. I want to tell you something. We need to take advantage of our position of who we are in Christ. But a lot of times we don't function in that. We get out here and we handle things on our own. And we go about struggles and challenges and difficulties. And we get so frustrated. And it's because we're trying to do things in our own strength. And we're not realizing how that we need to be dwelling in the secret place of the Most High. You know, not only is it a place full of God's glory. But it's a place of overcoming. Again, positionally in the, in the way god sees us is he has placed us in christ and we are in a secret place we are in that inner chamber so to speak in christ and he's covered us, as i said a while ago but you know just like all spiritual we're blessed with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly realms as just as that's a, a blessing and it's in the heavenly realm we need to make what is heavenly earthly on earth as it is in heaven we need to make it a reality in our life in our own walk with God something that's different than just coming to church and hoping that the praise team is just really gets us and brings us into that place of worship and where we experience of course what's happening we're passing through the inner chamber the inner courts and we're touching we're we're sensing and feeling the glory but people I want to tell you something It doesn't just have to happen only at church Amen. amen It's not summonsed by some song. It's, you know, it's attained by pressing in. And so it's a place of overcoming. We need to press through just like the woman did, press through the crowd and, and press through the, the 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 crowded streets of our life and, and the daily concerns, the hypocrisy. You know, she, if people would have known who she was, she had to, she would have, was supposed to say, unclean, unclean, and let everybody know. She could never go to the temple to worship because of this condition that she had. And she was supposed to let everybody know. And so as soon as they saw her, and when he said, who touched me, and they were trying to figure out who it was, she said, I did. Well, she was running the risk of being ostracized and cast out. Maybe you running that risk of your testimony that when you've been in his presence and you touched the Lord and somebody's like, you know, or... You know you're maybe afraid to show are will you acknowledge that you are a child of God will you live like a child of God will you live a life of righteousness in a time of unrighteousness will you be light when there's darkness who are you <laughs> can you press through can you overcome the difficulties the hypocrisy the hopelessness the you know the ostracism maybe that you are kind of an outcast maybe overcoming your own self-deception and Sin and iniquity that would be in your life and lay hold of the inner place, the secret place. Come into the secret place. Not only will it change you and the, the needs in your life, but I believe it will affect the regions, because I believe that those regions that we saw there in Matthew where it said, and all recognizing they sent it to the regions, and they all came, then here's a huge crowd wanting to touch the hem of his garment. I believe that they did that because they heard what the woman did. So what what changes you and what touches you when people find out about it? You could affect multitudes, just you and your testimony. So he's saying, come, come into the king's chambers dwell in the secret place of the Most High turn to Philippians chapter 3 again I'm reading from the New King James Version Philippians chapter 3 a wonderful passage of Scripture written by the Apostle Paul speaking of his desire to overcome and and really just come away from just the mundane average run-of-the-mill Christian walk with Christ to something different he wasn't satisfied with just being status quo and I don't know where you are today maybe you're just happy with your life your spiritual life the way it is But maybe, maybe there's something down deep that says I want something I want something more I want a deeper, closer walk with the Lord and Paul is saying this in chapter 3 of Philippians verse 12 he says not that I have already attained or am already perfect perfected but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. You say, what? I'm going to lay hold of what he laid hold of me. Well, what's up with that? He says, when I laid hold of Christ, when I re- got saved, when I fell on my face, Paul said, on that street call straight, he says, and he, he, I recognized him as the Messiah, and I got a hold of him. I didn't just say, oh, we'll try this out and see how it works. He said, I gave him everything. And that's what he was saying in the the verses before this. He says, you know, all the stuff that he had accomplished, he was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. He persecuted Christians. He was zealous for the things of God. And he says, I count all that as as rubbish, as refuge, as trash, as garbage, as dung in some translations. He said, I count all that as as nothing for to gain this this life of Christ, to be, uh, you know, to have him, to walk with him and so he's saying and not that i've already attained all this i'm not perfected in my life he said but one thing that i'm doing is i'm pressing on that i may lay hold of which christ jesus laid hold of me he says i am when i laid hold of him it was with everything and when he when christ laid hold of me when he got a hold of me it was with purpose my destiny is written in the books of heaven in the course of heaven when the books have opened there's his destiny and he says i want to get a hold of christ the same way he got a hold of me with purpose and destiny not for one day not for one week not for one month not for one year but for all eternity yeah. he said i want that i want to be with him i want him in me and me and him moving and, and living overcoming So he says, I press on. Those words in the Greek, he means I am straining with everything I have. I don't know about you, but you haven't really walked and lived an overcoming life until everything you got is pushing on for that next step. I don't know about you, but I've been in places where it felt like that I've been so hard pressed back this way with various things. It might be finances. It might be physical uh, health issues. It might be family issues or whatever that you just felt like you couldn't take one more step. And then you take in a breath of the Holy Spirit and you take the power of God and you press on. You press on with all that you have. That's when you're making a difference. And Paul said, I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus laid hold of me. I want to attain what he has written for me. I want my purpose, my destiny. I'm not settling for anything less. Jabez, when he wrote that prayer, he said, bless me, oh God. Bless me a lot. Oh, you prideful thing. You, what do you mean asking God to bless you? Who do you think you are? He said, I know who I am. And i'm not asking him for anything more but i'm not going to receive anything less than what he has for me and until we get that kind of attitude that we're not going to let the devil steal rob from us take anything from us we'll never press on he said i want to lay hold of him for what he's laid hold of me for what he has for me his purpose for me i want to attain that so that when i stand before him he can say well done thou good and faithful servant You're faithful over a few things, but I'm going to make you rule over many things. Why? Because I pressed in. I didn't stop. I didn't give up. I didn't surrender to these things. Oh, it's too difficult. It's too hard. It's too challenging. He says, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus laid hold of me. You know, we think that we chose him. We did a big favor. We chose Jesus. John 15, 16, Jesus said, you haven't chosen me, but I chose you. I ordained you to go and bring forth fruit. So Paul said, he, he called me, he chose me for a certain purpose and a certain reason, and I'm not stopping until I do what he's called me to do. Yeah. Verse 13 there in Philippians 3, he says, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal For the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I want to tell you something. There is something better. Something better than just being of the -the run-of-the-mill average Christian. There's a, a position, a bridal position of those that say, I love him with all that I have. Everything that's in me loves him. That makes me forsake all, lay everything else aside, and keep him as my bridegroom. Keep him in sight. Living for him. Loving him. Oh, I don't, some of y'all never been in love. I mean, you know, when you're in love, I mean, that's all you think about. You know, as that person, and you know, you just every time you turn oh then they're on your mind again, and you just want to talk to them. You just want to be with them. You want to see what's happening, what's going on in life, right? Y- y'all, some of, y- some of y'all remember those days. <laughs> that's the way it ought to be with Jesus. You know, I mean. We just always thinking about him and what can I do for you now not hey Jesus I need this done I need that done we think he's our servant or something like that that we want him just to do for us whatever we want done we're on the wrong end of the stick here we need to be serving him instead of him serving us Paul said there verse 14 of Philippians 3 I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus there's a group of people seen in the book of Revelation chapter 3 the Philadelphia church it says because you have kept my word and not denied my name therefore says I will keep you from that hour of trial that's coming up on the whole world he said there's a there's a a prize for them and that was an out translation I need to preach a message on this and the way it's in the Greek, how it is a resurrection out from among the dead. And there's, a set, there's various resurrections. And, and he, Paul says, that's what I'm pressing for. I want that. I want the I want top place. I want to be first out. I want to be special forces. I want to be first boots on the ground. I want to be with you, Lord. Wherever it, I want that first place. No matter what it is, I'm not going to deny your name. Marching in, taking him everywhere we go for his purpose to be done in our life. Hmm. So this secret place is a place of overcoming. Sometimes it's not easy to get there. You got to overcome things to get into that secret place. sometimes we get so frustrated we don't feel like praying or worshiping or whatever. When I after I first met Sandy and we were dating, I started going to her church. And uh and so I would go to their church and there's times I, you know I might have had a bad week I was mad at somebody and I just hated it because those people would come up and they'd shake your hand and smile at you how you doing? they're like I don't want to smile (laughs) I'm having a bad day you know so either have a bad day with me or don't smile at me (laughs) I know y'all aren't like that aren't you? he changed me I'm not like that anymore but I mean it used to bug me because how can you be so happy? things are going wrong (laughs) why are you so happy? (laughs) don't be happy don't be smiling at me don't be shaking my hand but they did anyway oh, I just love you <laughs> and you know I got to think about it well you know what I don't have to make everybody have a bad day just cuz I'm having a bad day right well <laughs> we need to be changed and, and so you know they have something you know, it didn't matter what had been going on in their life. Maybe they'd been in that secret place and got a hold of God. And so you can have the peace of God that passes all understanding. In the midst of your trouble, in the midst of your trial, people will say, how can you have so much peace when all this is going wrong? Oh, man, it's not in me. You know, I know who has it all under control. I'm just trusting him. I don't have to worry. I have to worry about it. Because God's going to take care of it. My confident assurance is in him. I want to read from the Amplified Psalm 91 in the first verse of the 91st Psalm and they amplified it, it says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall remain stable and fixed under the shadow of the Almighty. And then in parentheses it says, Whose power no foe can withstand. So what it says here is, He who dwells in the place of the Most High shall, instead of saying abide, they break that out and say, remain stable and fixed under the shadow of the Almighty. One thing about this, though, he goes back up and it says, he who dwells can have this. So we find that the secret place, not only is it a place full of God's glory, it's a place of overcoming, but it is a place where I can dwell. How do I dwell there? Because this promise is given to those who dwell in the secret place. The words that are used there emphasize location, dwell in the secret place. When it's used, when those that same word in the the Old Testament word is used throughout the Old Testament, you see it in Daniel seven ten. That was I a, a, a preached a series about the courts of heaven not too long ago. Interestingly enough, it's used there that they when the court was seated, the, they used the word uh, for dwell. It means to sit down, to be seated. Okay. No wonder sometimes we get the wrong impression of what's going on here. It's uh, it emphasizes location so it says he who dwells or is placed or is seated in the secret place of the most high there's a location there uh, it, it represents when it's used um, where you are there were some that were seated on the throne to judge as the courts of heaven were seated the location there is the courts of heaven we see sometimes it's used where it says and the they were assembled and seated at the gates of the city the word Symbolizing seated is representing saying that they, they were seated there to do something. They had a position. So it's, it's telling, you know, uh, you know, telling where, where that this place is, where they're seated. So dwelling represents a, a location in a sense, but it also re- reflects a person's position. Uh, in Proverbs, for instance, as a judge, seated as a judge. The judge was seated. Well, it identifies the position of the person being seated as there to judge. The, the king was seated on his throne. The, the elders were seated at the gate. So it's, it represents their, their position, telling what they're doing, ruling and reigning. He who dwells, he who rules and reigns in the, you know, in the secret place of the Most High, if we use it in that particular way, right? If, he who's seated as, the, as to rule and reign in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. So, you, are you catching that? He who dwells or he who rules and reigns in the secret place shall abide. We're called to rule and reign. It's a place of ruling and reigning. This word dwell also can inita- indicate your companions. Psalm 11 says that seated in the seat of the scornful. Well, so wherever you're seated identifies who you're with, right? Um, so, who are we seated with? He who dwells, he who's seated with. We need to dwell in the secret place or with the Lord. So who's going to be your companion? Uh, The 31st Psalm or Proverb is talking about seated with elders. And so it identifies that position. And so it does mean to to sit, to rule, to to be identified with someone. It also implies an intimate relationship in the sense of uh, dwelling together as in marriage. Say, so he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High, he who has an intimate relationship with the Lord in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Are you catching it? He who rules and reigns in the secret place of the Most High shall abide. He who is seated to judge, he who is is in an intimate relationship with the Almighty shall abide under the shadow. Are you catching it? How do we get there? So a lot of it really depends upon our attitude, the position that we're taking in our attitude. Am I ruling and reigning? That I need to be ruling and reigning to be able to enter in and dwell in this secret place of the most high. I need to be seated. I need to be, you know, and that's usually an invitation. Well, we have the invitation. He's already said, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. So we have that invitation. He's told us to come boldly before the throne of grace to obtain mercy and to find grace to help us in our time of need. That's a place of overcoming. That's a place of ruling. It's a place of intimate relationship as married to Him. What do we got to do to change some of those things? Are we ready? Are we dwelling? Now, you might come across a time in your life when you're ruling and reigning. You might come across a time in your life when you feel so, you know, this intimate relationship with the Lord, but he's talking about dwelling there. He's talking about, you know, on a long-term relationship here. Because when you dwell in that place, then you'll abide under the shadow of the Almighty, and then that whole rest of the psalm talks about the benefits of being abiding there. Well, it's a place of promise as well because he does say, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide. And that word abide is interesting. It means to lodge, to pass the night. Okay? Well, I was kind of expecting more than that. <laughs> what it really means there is now think about it. The Bible talks a lot about the night and the night season. Talks about those that sleep, sleep at night, you know, and those that are awake, various things and things that go on at night. Have you ever had a night season in your life? Maybe you're going through a night season right now, you know, where things happen and it seems like it's difficulties and struggles and whatever. So he gives us a promise here. He said, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide shall come in and pass the night you can sleep you can rest you don't have to worry about it because i'm going to protect you i'm going to watch over you you just come in and and just find lodging here you spend the night you rest in me i'll take care of everything wow shall abide under the shadow of the almighty it's used um, symbolically for protection for refuge So we come in, we have this protection that he does. Shall abide, the relationship in which one person, it it also means the relationship in which one person or thing stand with another. You're abiding together. So it's the position, the relationship that I have with another person. So he said, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow. Now I'm going to have a relationship. This abiding, I have a relationship with Almighty. That's El Shaddai, in case you hadn't got that. Not El Chipo, El Shaddai. <laughs> you know, that's who he is. And so it means that we can remain, remain in him. Remain that, with that close relationship, a security that is there. In the New Testament where Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be given. But the word used for abide there is remain. He who remains in me, in other words, that you come in and you, you take this place as in dwelling and abiding there in him. He who remains in me and my word remains in him shall ask what he will and it will be given. A little different, huh? Are there times of when you're trusting God for some things and you're like, okay, well, I'm going to give him two more days on this thing. If that ain't it, I got another plan. I'm going to plan B. <laughs> right? Or is it like, hey, sink or swim, life or death, this is it. No other, no plan B, no nothing else. It's, I'm in him. It's, you know, my trust is in you. David said in Psalm 62, 5, my soul, my mind, that's going to try to figure everything out, my will, that wants to try to get in the way all the time, my emotions, that bring me, you know, tossed to and fro. what I need to do. He said, my soul, wait thou only upon God. For my expectation comes from thee, remaining in him, and his word remaining in you. Well, you know, it works for some people, but I just don't know if it'll work for me. And not just some of his word, but all of his word. Isn't it amazing how we like to take, kind of take it apart, piece it together, what, what we want? You know, well, I like that, but I don't, you know, I don't like this. Giving stuff, you know, uh, I don't like that outreach stuff. That's not for me. Uh, but I, I like this uh, coming and sitting stuff, and <laughs> you know, or whatever. I don't know. I mean, but you know, we want to pick out what we like. You know, that's not the way it is. His word. What does it say to us? He says, and when my word remains in you, to where you think it's not going to work, when it looks like when you pass out and you think you're dead, don't worry. I'm the God of resurrection. <laughs> you know. When Lazarus thought he was dead, he was just in a holding place there for a little while until Jesus got there and said, Lazarus, come forth. Let's go have some lunch. That's what they did afterwards. After he got cleaned up a little bit, he said, loose him and let him go. Get those grave clothes off that boy. We need to come up out of our death, get the grave clothes off of us, the, the stinking things, the filthiness of the world and our own nature. And come and rest in the Lord and and remain in him. And if it looks like it's not going to work, we still say, Lord, I trust you. Job got to that point where he says, and in his theology, thought everybody was telling him, God's trying to kill you. God's trying to kill you. And he said, well, though God slay me, yet will I trust him. Now, see, that's remaining in him. That's abiding in him. Wow. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide, shall remain stable and fixed under the shadow of the Almighty. Praise God. In the secret, the covert place of him. You know, and how do we abide in him? Well, the very first thing, and I don't have time to go into all this, but I'll give you the first one. We might talk about the rest of it. We may not. You can read it, the rest of the, the psalm. But verse 2, I think this is important. We abide in the secret place by learning and practicing certain godly things. And the first he says is, verse 2 I will say, I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge, my fortress, my God, in Him will I trust. How do we abide in Him? The very first thing is what comes out of your mouth. I will say of the Lord. I'm not going to say about this or that or what if or that and this and that and all that other stuff because that's going to get me into doubting and into fear and unbelief and back into my way and back into my own thinking and my emotions and what I want to do. No, huh? No. I will say of the Lord. My profession of faith, my confession of Him is that He is my refuge, my fortress. In him will I trust. He is the most high. I already said that. Or he already said, he who dwells in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the almighty. You can't get any higher than that. So I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge, my fortress, my God. In him I will trust. People, we need to make that The declaration of our faith. And when you are dwelling in the the secret place, that's what's going to come out. Because you're abiding there. No. No. I'm trusting in him. He's my refuge. He's my fortress. I trust in him. I trust in his word. He's never left me. He'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. He said, I'm the head and not the tail. He said, I'm above and not beneath. He said, I am an heir and a joint heir with him. Then like the old song says, what have I to dread? What have I to fear? I'm leaning on the everlasting arms of him. Let's pray together this morning. Lord, help us. Help us today to be willing to just put off all the other things that just distract us. As Paul wrote in Hebrews Let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily entangles us and let us run with perseverance the race course marked out for us. You have a race course marked out for us. Paul said, I want to lay hold of that. I want to run that race, the one that you you got a hold of me for, the the one that you chose me for, the one that you purposed me for, my destiny and my, my purpose. That's what I want. But to do that, I've got to learn how to dwell In that secret place of the Most High. And abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Under your protection. Under your watch. Under your care. Under your principles. Under your authority. Ruling and reigning with you. Loving and serving you. Pressing on through challenges and difficulties in our own will, in our own flesh, our own nature, to where we're serving you. Lord, until we get to that place, we'll just live a mundane Christian life and tap out our days. Lord, I believe we can't afford to do that. I believe we're living in the last days. I believe that you're calling for your overcomers to step forward to run this race with perseverance I believe that your sound is going out to your bride to arise to arise we have eyes only for you not for anything else or anyone else this morning while heads are bowed and eyes are closed let me ask you think about it where are you what do you want Maybe you're there. Maybe you're dwelling there. Maybe you've found that place, and you're dwelling in that secret place of the Most High. But that was yesterday. That was five minutes ago. That was 30 seconds ago. What about right now? Is that your desire to dwell in that secret place of the Most High and abide under the shadow of the Almighty? Is that your desire? If so, just raise your hand to the Lord and say, and let Him know that that's what you desire. Amen. Then the reality of that is really? Really? Because it's easy to raise a hand, but it's hard to press through. It's hard to, as Paul said, press on toward. You've got to carve out the time. You've got to set aside time to come in and dwell in that secret place of the Most High till it is so much a part of you that it's a lifestyle that you are dwelling there. You are seated as an overcomer. You are seated as a spouse, so to speak, in that intimate relationship with the Lord. You are set down to rule and reign. You have been seated in his presence dwelling there. then abiding in him takes a price to pay a price it's putting ourselves aside and putting him first when we put him first that means that we're putting the lost the hurting those that need him we're putting them above ourselves Jesus said when you've done it to the least of these you've done it unto me you know, sometimes I don't feel like doing this. I don't feel like doing that. There's a lot of people didn't feel like coming to church today. Well, I've, I've had as much fun. But you know, I'm, I'm sure that the Lord would have loved for them to be here. You know why? Because we say, in a sense, we're saying that's how we dwell in him. He's here. He said, he said he's going to inhabit the praise of his people. He's going to build his throne. I sense that here today. He said when any two of you agree is touching any one thing. He said I'm going to be in the midst of you. He's here today. Don't you think that he would have thought it nice for someone to put him above other things and come? People, we're living in some difficult times. We're living in some, the Laodicean age of where that people are just lukewarm. And it's hard. It's hard to serve Christ. It really is. It'd be easier to serve him if there was persecution. You say, what? Yeah. Yeah. When persecution comes, then we have to make a choice. But when there's no persecution, in a sense, then it's kind of like, you know, we have to make ourselves do it. Oh, well, surely not. Yeah. So are you pressing? Paul said, I beat myself, and I bring myself into submission to him. I beat my body, and I bring it into subjection. So I'm not listening to what my body says, but what my spirit says. I challenge you today to take a step toward him. I challenge you today to seek dwelling in that secret place of the Most High. That doesn't mean that you're holier than thou. That did not mean that you can't have a conversation with the average person on the street. No, you do, just like Jesus did. But it's different. Because then he sustains us and his spirit that is present there begins to develop the fruit of the spirit in our life. And the fruit of the spirit then begins to show around to other people. And and it's just like people were drawn and attracted to Christ. They're going to be drawn and attracted to you, especially during their night season. And you got to be strong to help all those that are suffering so much. We can't afford to be average, people. Did you know that? We can't afford to be average because, you see, when something pulls, it, it's going to pull you that direction. If you're in the middle, it's going to pull you then to that side. But if you're way over here, <laughs> you're way over here. When it pulls, if even if it pulls you back some, you're still not going to cross the middle line. We can't afford to be average today. God needs some overcomers. If you're here today and you don't know for sure if you're a child of God, maybe you've heard about Jesus. But if you're not sure, you're not certain that if you were to die that you would spend eternity with him, if you're not 100% sure of that, if, when you think about death and dying, if question marks come in your mind about where you're going to spend it I'd like to ask, I'd like to pray for you right now I want to just raise your hand and say, Pastor, I'm really not sure I'm not 100% sure that I'm a, a child of God I'm not sure that I'm a Christian but I want to be anybody here? anybody here? looks like We're all believers here today. Do you know somebody that's not saved? If you do, raise your hand. Amen. Let's pray for them right now. Let's pray for them. I'm going to lead us in prayer, but I want you to get a prayer target and focus in on these that are lost. And let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray right now for these that are near to us, dear to us, these that are lost, that you would just give a divine opportunity for them to to receive you Father place someone in their path or give us the opportunity to share you with them but Father we desire for them to be saved Father we want to win the lost and and then develop the saved we want to be a body we believe that that's what's going to make a difference in our world today is when we raise up and allow you to raise up an army of believers so Father we pray for those that are lost. We pray for divine opportunities for them to come to a saving knowledge of you. Give us the opportunity, Father, to, to be witnesses for you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you. Let's stand this morning. Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Nice and cool in here. Under his protection. Amen. So uh, we're going to be dismissed in prayer. And, uh, uh Then I want us to to greet somebody. If you're somebody here that you don't know, then give them a greeting, okay, And, and introduce yourself to them.